0: everyone. Welcome back to VLGA Connect and it is my pleasure to have as a special guest on the program today, Melissa Harris, who's the CEO of Land Use Victoria. What is Land Use Victoria, you ask? Well, we're going to find out all about that today on the program. Melissa, hello and welcome. Hello,
1: Chris, and thanks so much for having me. On today's podcast. It's great to be here.
0: Very nice to have you here. How long have you been in the role of CEO at Land Use Victoria?
1: Oh well I've been acting since October last year and I was formally appointed about eight weeks ago so not very long Chris.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Well very done. Much. So uh, you've got a strong background as I understand it in local government as well. Could Just tell us a little bit about your local government experience firstly.
1: Yeah, well, look, I've um, worked almost my entire career in in government, um, and I think the split is around twenty years in local government, and it'd be around ten in state government. So I've done a long tour um, in in local government, starting off initially as a town planner at the city of Port Melbourne back pre amalgamation days, and um, so I was there for a very long time um, in mostly planning roles, but then as is often the case in local government, because there's such incredibly diverse workplaces and do such interesting work. Over the course of my career, I've tried my hand at a whole range of different things from IT to all the corporate services suite. Um, So, yeah, so I really, really enjoy um, local government. I love that level of connection to community um, and that's public purpose work. Um, But it's also good being back in state government now as well.
0: Any youngsters listening, take note. I often talk about in various sessions the myriad of opportunities that local government presents. People uh, often don't realise how many opportunities and different sort of functional streams there are. So um, after all of that, you find yourself as the CEO at Land Use Victoria. Melissa, what is it about this particular role that appeals to you?
1: You know, Land Use Victoria is such a fascinating organisation and having been um, around... know land and property and development functions um, for such a long time Um, the synergies between um, my career and this role are incredibly strong Um, so Landish Victoria looks after all of the land and property services in Victoria Um, and it's been around a very long time so it has a lot of connections to to councils, to lots of really important functions across all of government and in the property and construction industry. So um, I think those connections are what attracted me to the role as well as just the incredibly important and underpinning uh, work that Landys Victoria does. And it's also um, performed in a way that's got a level of technical sophistication around it, which was really attractive as well. So if you think about the way land is transacted today compared to, say, 10 or 20 or even 30 years ago, Mm. um, it's completely different. It was incredibly manual and labour-intensive back then. Today it's very automated um, and electronic, and the same goes also for the subdivision process, the valuation process. So just, um, there's a very, um, there's an incredible level of capability to land use Victoria, which I find very impressive, as well as this incredibly deep um, history and connection, um, it, because it dates back to, you know, at, at least the beginning of Victoria and some of the functions even predate it. So I love that long, long established history and connection as well.
0: Do you do you call it LUV behind closed doors? Is it is that an acronym that's in use? Because that means love. <laughs> I we, just realised.
1: We have lots of fun with love. We love working at love, and uh, yes, it is um, it is um, something we never, really never tire of, to be honest. <laughs> so uh, yes, it's frequently called love. And there are lots of love hearts in circulation. So
0: how long has has love been around in its current form, Melissa?
1: Well, in its current form, only since about 2016. Um, so, uh, but before then, um, there was a land entities reform bill that introduced Land Use Victoria along with Development Victoria and the VPA and some of the other really critical land and development functions of government. But before then, it was Land Victoria, which was around for many years. And then before that, the Titles Office and So, yeah, it's been around in many, many um, forms since at least, you know, the 1850s, 1860s. And and the reason why I say probably beyond, because I was out of our archives recently and held um, the first transfer of land um, for Victorian land. And that was dating back to 1838, which is pretty extraordinary.
0: Wow. Where was that piece of land?
1: You know, um, I do have a photo of it. I don't recall off the top of my head because the thing I was most struck by was the fact that um, it was recorded on pigskin. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it must have been the material I had, uh, you know, available at the time, and it's this incredibly fine parchment. Um, so I was really taken by that and probably less so by where it actually took place. But I could get back to you on that, Chris.
0: No, that's all right. I was just curious. That is absolutely... Fascinating. So you, you mentioned a couple of those other entities that came into being at the same time. I imagine you would have to work very closely with Development Victoria and VPA. And who, who are the main sort of stakeholders that you work hand in glove with?
1: Uh, look, we definitely work very closely with them. Um, we have a huge number of stakeholders. I mean, if you think of the number of functions of government um, that depend on land or information about land, and the number of people in the community that transact in land, it's a huge number of stakeholders. But it's one of those things that just sits slightly below the radar. You know, you don't often read about, you know, big controversy on the front page of the media about these functions, but they are utterly underpinning and very foundational and important. So, um, you know, all, just about all of government, state and local, we provide incredibly important services um, for and in partnership with local government. Um, All land and property industry stakeholders, so the valuation profession, the surveying profession, the legal and conveyancing profession, um, increasingly um, in the technology space, but the geospatial, spatial sciences profession, and of course anyone in the public who transacts in land, of course that's um, many, many people every year so yeah. um, they're our stakeholders.
0: Let's talk about local government how where is the most relevance to councils in the work that you're doing obviously geographic uh, place naming is is a key one I would think.
1: Geographic place naming is a key one in fact of all the things that end up in the paper it's often that one it's often yeah. little strange controversies about you know a particular Name of a street or something that's become locally contentious, but mm. we do have um, geographic names Victoria as a function in the Survey General of Victoria's office. So, um, so that's one of the many things we do in partnership with local government. But you know, the one that would be closer to most local councils' hearts, of course, are the rating valuation services that we yes. provide to all Victorian councils. Um, so we, you know, these days we're valuing every property every year, um, which of course enables councils to apportion and collect rates. Um, and of course that income goes to, um, towards helping councils provide some of the essential services for their communities. So that's an incredibly important um, partnership and relationship. Um, one of the other incredibly important functions that we provide in partnership with local councils is the land subdivision process. So we um, provide the spear system, which is the means by which just about all subdivisions in Victoria occur these days. And of course, once the subdivisions are processed by the local council, they get registered with us. And then we go through the process of creating new land titles, which is an incredibly important process. Um, if like- I
0: recall correctly, Melissa, a Spear was one of the sort of the early online systems that that councils started to become involved with. Am I recalling that correctly?
1: Yes, that's right. And in fact, um, in fact, I had a I, I was project managed the development of that, of that system right back in the early 2000s, and mm. I left local government to work for state government for that purpose. And um, you know it's an incredible thing looking back now. Um, still, how incredibly unique and uh, transformational that that project and that system has been for that process in Victoria. And to this day, all these years later, it hasn't been repeated um, anywhere else to the same extent. So, and it's really stood the test of time. And in fact, I opened the spear user group meeting um, with. Um, about a week or two ago, an incredible sense of deja vu, having not done something like that since I think 2004. But there was about 400 people online, all councils. So incredible um, sort of ecosystem of land development stakeholders that still collaborate around that. So it's a really, a real success story in Victoria.
0: Excellent, I'm very pleased to hear that. Now I did interrupt you, I think you were going to talk about another area of, of interest.
1: That's okay. So we've talked about the um, the land registry, we've talked about rates, talked about place naming, surveying, Um, but also, we also manage the state's foundational data sets. So um, these are all of the data sets that are critical to um, information about land in Victoria. And the most popular one is the state's cadastre. So this is the representation of um, property boundaries in Victoria. And it's one of those things you probably don't think much about until you think of all the times you interact with it and don't think about it. And councils in particular um, are very, um, we we partner heavily with local government in the curation of that data set. And it's incredibly vital for um, a whole range of reasons. Um, And these these data sets, especially the cadastra, are in great demand, particularly as we're moving into a digital and data-driven future. So um, it's, at the moment, it's a a representation of property um, boundaries in Victoria, um, but it's not highly accurate and it's not digital. So we're spending uh, $45 million, if you can believe, digitizing all 3.3 million parcels um, in Victoria and making them more spatially accurate and of course once we've done that we'll go through the process of sharing that with local government and that will have all sorts of um, improvements that we hope um, that will deliver for councils in terms of greater accuracy of information and also open up some real innovation opportunities as well so that's that's another example. Um, I know
0: some GIS officers will be very excited about that project, I'm guessing. How long are you expecting that process to take?
1: Well, we're about halfway through. Um, we've digitized about two million parcels. Um, it's this incredibly um, sort of detailed and process of extracting all of the plans from all of the titles in Victoria and then converting them to a a digital format, so an XML format. And then they basically get stitched together into the map base and then distributed out to our stakeholders. And um, so we're about halfway mark and we hope to have completed it by 2023. So, and you know, the importance, the productivity benefits of this are pretty profound, especially in the subdivision um, Mm -hmm. side of things. So this is gonna open up the potential for automation And very significant um, productivity improvement. So it's exciting.
0: Melissa, question without notice. There, I'm recalling an announcement just a week or two ago about um, from the government about the digital twin for Victoria. Is is this connected? What you've just been describing is that connected with that project, or is that something else again?
1: It's totally connected, but it's um, it's fun. That's a new project, so we've. Um, got the 45 million digital cadastre. Now we've got 35 on digital twin, um, which sounds probably pretty incredible. But you know, oh, yeah. as I said before, we are heading into this digital and data-driven world, and this time of great opportunity. Um, and of course, data is at the heart of all of it. And um, these foundational data sets that we curate they um, they're the basis for a whole lot of potential smart city applications automation of, of key processes and so what the digital twin Victoria project is about is about um, it's about a couple of things it's about providing central a central platform for all government stakeholders including local government to be able to interact with um, really critical 3d data and and um, and to be able to easily get um, access to thousands and thousands of open data sets more easily than they can at the moment. And then, of Mm. course, what that will do over time, as I said, is um, open up the potential for creation of new data sets, which will help local government in their decision-making, among many of the things, and automation. So an example of the automation potential um, I could I could talk to you about is an eComply pilot that we've just recently finished developing. So this is a, a tool that um, uses algorithms to automatically assess a 3D um, design of a new house. Um, and it basically runs the small lot housing code, which is like res code over the 3D file and in 15 seconds can perform over 60 complex regulatory checks.
0: Wow. Yeah, Good. so it's
1: pretty incredible stuff. Um, and these are things that, you know, are real game changers for all stakeholders in the land and property um, sort of fields. So, and these are some of the sort of opportunities that we're starting to explore through Digital Twin.
0: That's really exciting and I think uh, perhaps uh, something for another conversation. Um, Melissa, I'm conscious we've we've kept you a while. I, I just wonder if you've thought about the with the relationship with local government, are there any areas of opportunity or improvement that you have in mind for the relationship with councils or that councils could perhaps be uh, cognizant of?
1: Um, look, I think, I mean, I would like to think that all of our local government partners that we partner very proactively with them or with each other i should say and we've got these really long established working relationships and and because of that we're on this almost continuous journey of improvement based on feedback and changing needs so i'd like to think that was um where we're at but you know the really big ticket items as i I think i've um alluded to the digital capacity is going to be a huge one for councils over the next couple of years and We're partnering very proactively with with councils on that basis and getting them ready um, to transition to this new highly accurate um, spatial data set. Um, Digital subdivision plans are on their way. I mean, this is something that um, has to be seen to be believed because of course, you know, my career harks back to the days of drawing tables and pencils and rubbers and all that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, these days subdivision plans are, you know, they're lines of computer code um, and they are rendered as, a, as an image of a plan as we're used to seeing it. So we've just started a pilot to basically completely um, digitise plans and we're, we're trialling that. And, of course, once that starts to mature, that will open up a whole lot of potential for councils to also be able to um, automate some of their processes and and streamline the way they interact with the subdivision process and reduce their costs, we hope. So um, that's a big one. And then Digital Twin and just sort of being tapped into the whole innovation agenda over the next Mm. few years through that program is going to be really, really exciting.
0: It is exciting. Look forward to, to seeing all of that roll out. And by the sounds of things, councils can expect to be hearing quite a bit from you as those projects take uh, take the course. Melissa, it's been great to meet with you and chat with you. Thank you for being so generous with your time and we wish you uh, every success in uh, the newly confirmed role. I think I can still say newly after eight weeks as CEO of Land Use Victoria. Thank you very much, Chris. It's been great to join you today. That's Melissa Harris, our guest on VLGA Connect. Thank you for your company and tune in soon for more from VLGA Connect.